Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Inner Peace. So excited and honored today to have Miss Debbie Weiss on. She is a best-selling author, a coach, a speaker, and a fellow podcaster. And she's inspiring women to take control of their lives by harnessing their inner power, regardless of their circumstances. And I'm just going to add, regardless of their age, because she's such an inspiration. Welcome to the Business of Inner Peace. I'm your host, Erin Jean, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's pretend we're sitting in my living room, enjoying a cup of coffee or tea and getting to know each other just a little better. That's what I love. I love getting to hear your story. I love feeling connected by the spirit of understanding that our stories bring. Today, I'm sharing some of my story, but I hope someday soon you'll be telling me yours. Listen, I know that you're feeling overwhelmed with life and nothing is exactly how you'd like it to be. Your marriage is not what you hoped for, motherhood is harder than you imagined, and you've lost yourself somewhere in the mix of responsibilities. Well, if you're ready to bring some more peace and joy into your life, reconnect with God who made you, and start living a life you love, then grab your cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's show. Welcome, Debbie. Erin, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? So I recently published my memoir called On Second Thought, Maybe I Can, and it's an inspirational story about overcoming your limiting beliefs and the struggles that you've had in life. And regardless of your circumstances or your age, I kind of had an epiphany around the age of 50 and, um, you know, have kind of gone from there. So that's the crux of it. And what kind of, um, like, what sort of led you on your path to that epiphany? So when I was 50... So let me just go back and say, I have been a family caregiver for over 40 years. So my dad had a stroke when I was 17 and he was 45, a major stroke. He lived, um, but my parents soon got divorced after that. And so then he was my responsibility for 30 years of his life. And then my I have two sons. My When my oldest son um, was about 15 months or a little older, he was diagnosed on the autistic spectrum. So that was like, you know, and still is. And and now he also suffers from mental illness. That was tr- tremendous. And then my husband um, had a lot of physical illness and then more mental illness later in his life. And um, he actually passed away 10 months, 10 months ago today, 10 months ago today, December 30th, 2022. So I was his caregiver as well for an extended period of time. So when I turned 50, which was 10 years ago, so my husband was okay at that point. Uh, My friends insisted that we go away, which was great. And um, it was the first time in my adult life that I kind of got to focus on myself and something about and, and realizing through our conversation that I had really lost myself. 
And um, also something about the 50 number kind of made me stop and think about where my life was and where it was headed. And thinking about if I, God forbid, were to die today, I would be looking back with regret. Not regret that I cared for any of my family members, but regret that I didn't also care for myself. And I could, you know, kind of this epiphany, like, they're not exclusive just because I've had, and and those are just part of the circumstances that I've had, but, you know, I was viewing myself as a victim of my circumstances, thinking that I had no power to do anything to change the direction of my life, kind of like, this is what happened to me. This is just the way it is. And so I'll just ride it out, you know, not in a negative way, but, you know, never thinking that I could kind of take hold of the reins and steer it maybe in the direction that I wanted. And I had no idea what that direction was. Yeah. So what, what did you do? <laughs> I'm like, so once you sort of came to that, that epiphany, how did you, what was your path? So it was like slow and windy and I'm still on it. It started with, so I've always, I've always had a weight problem. So it started with approaching my health and my weight loss differently than I ever had before. And it was kind of a mindset shift of get out of that perfectionist thinking that all or nothing, I'm on the diet, I'm off the diet kind of thing. Forget, oh my gosh, I want to lose X amount by three months from now, by the summer, you know, that's all done. Um, and I, when I went back to kind of, you know, that it's a lifestyle, accepting it was a lifestyle, stop thinking that, oh, poor me, why do I have to deal with this? Look at that person. She never struggled, even though I had no idea what her situation was. And um, so that was kind of the first thing, even though I have not gotten to my goal yet. I've come pretty close and have at least maintained it, which had never happened um, for maybe like six years or so now. And so when I saw, hmm, all I did was change the way I was approaching it, I then started actually a lot of my change since then have been the result of listening to podcasts and listening to people. And so I wound up listening. I hadn't, I never even know what a podcast was. I had a friend who was listening. I'm like, who the hell are you listening to these weird, these strangers? Like, why are you even listening to these? You know, how do you even, what am I even going to listen to? How do I even pick? And she's like, well, just search something, you know? So of course I search weight loss. And that led me to a woman who um, was just general mindset. And you know, listening to her, I couldn't wait every time something came out. That was kind of like my introduction. I was totally didn't know a thing what personal development was. And so that was kind of how I got into it. And then, you know, I took her course and, uh, you know, then I, so it kind of like, then it's a whole path from there. Um, but even down to, I never wanted to write a book. I never dreamt I was going to write a book. Like, I just really started listening to my gut and going in directions I never dreamed of before. And I heard the the way I wrote the book was through taking another course for first-time authors. And how did I get there? By a different podcast, listening to that woman being interviewed. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I really love that. 
it makes me so curious, right? Like how many people are out there? Exactly. Don't even know that this world exists. Exactly. And that's what I have to keep reminding myself. Like, I think that's what now as I'm moving forward. So um, I'm launching my first group coaching program in January. And it's it's like, I'm not reinventing the wheel. You know, I'm trying to reach those people who didn't even know this existed, like me. You know, I'm not looking to reach the person who's been into personal development for six years. <laughs> I want to find someone like me who didn't know there was another way, you know, who was blaming whatever circumstances they had in their life, you know, oh, poor me, um, uh, I'm a widow. Now, I, you know, I'm a widow, um, divorced, I'm a single mom, I'm a, you know, I was, you know, abused, whatever it is, like, we all have stuff, that's life. But yeah. that doesn't mean that you don't have control. Yeah. So if you were going to describe, like, your sort of before mindset compared to your mindset now, how would you describe it? Uh, totally, my mindset was, I am just a victim of my circumstances. I have no control, you know, kind of just kind of see where the tide is going to take me, you know, um, not realizing that I could steer the ship. And I never thought that any, I never even, I don't think I ever even like dreamt about what was possible. I just thought, this is it, you know, I'm, I'm middle-aged and yeah, I'm very lucky. I have, you know, my kids and all the things. Um, and now I completely think that anything is possible. Oh my God. Nothing is off the table. Nothing. That is so cool. Like that makes approaching 50 and, and midlife or whatever you want to call it. I think it makes it really exciting because you have this opportunity still, like no matter what age you are to just completely reinvent yourself. I mean, if you would have told yourself like even five years ago. Oh my gosh. Right? Would you even have believed that? Not a chance in hell. Not a chance. Any the single thing that I'm doing now. I mean, really the biggest transformation like happened since I would say like 2019 maybe. Yeah, I have to go back and look to see when I took her course. I feel like it was might have been 2019, maybe 18. That kind of set me down the path. And I was such a skeptic. Like I remember signing up for her course and I was new to this online world. So I remember seeing the price tag and I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like this woman is just here to rip me off. That, that's really how I approached it. But I kept like something kept drawing me back to look at it again and to look at it again. And, you know, I think over the my life, the one thing that I have gotten better at is listening to my gut. And noticing if, and that's why I wound up writing the book. If something keeps showing itself to me, it's there for a reason and, and trust it. Yeah. And that's how I felt with that course. Yes. I feel like something happens to us in childhood and in our society 
where we are almost raised to stop listening to that part of ourselves. Like we're taught to stop. Yeah. And you hear so many people's stories about how like they sort of knew or they had a feeling about something and then they pushed it down and then like something bad happened or vice versa. What kind of what you're talking about where you're just you're just listening to something and it pushed you forward and it has completely changed your life. Right. I wish I could peg that for people like that would be really cool to to start identifying. um, What is it in society? Like, why do we do this to children to get them to stop listening to that part of themselves? I feel like I mean, I think about my um, my youngest son, who's a junior in college. And, you know, I didn't tell him this, but he has it in his head. And I think it's a societal thing. Like, I need to do this and this to make money. You know, I need to be successful. I need to, this is what success is. And and maybe it is something that was taught because it wasn't like I was an entrepreneur as he was growing up. And they, you know, he and, and my older ones see what I'm doing now. And I, I do think it has an effect, but it doesn't matter because... He's decided himself, he's got to get good grades to go to a good, you know, da, 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 da. this is just the path. And even though I've said it to him a million times, like, listen to what you want, you know, what do you want? And he'll say, you know, he wants to be, um, do something in sports, like be a basketball coach or, or be a, a, a sports agent or whatever. He doesn't, you know, he, he's, he can't. Yeah. How am I going to do that? I don't have any connections, blah, blah. And look, if he do, if you don't have, I think the difference is, if you don't have the drive and the commitment and the determination, you're right, you're not going to do it. I mean, that's the thing. It's not magic. You know, there's a lot yeah. in there. So I, I think then instead, you he thinks to himself, well, forget that. So I might as well just figure out what, what I'm good at so I can go make some money. Yeah. I don't remember who said it, but that saying of whether or not you think you can or you can't. It's Henry Henry Ford because I use it in my presentation. I love that. So it's true. It really is true. And and I feel like you were sort of leaning uh, towards saying at the beginning of when you were sharing that essentially it's your thoughts. It's your whole thought process that changed everything, thinking about differently. Totally. That's the switch. That's the switch. That's the switch. I think where people struggle is like the, they can recognize the thought that the thoughts are not positive, but I don't think they really fully grasp how to, how to stop that. Yeah. Turn it around. So what would you, what would be your advice to someone? I'm like, okay, you recognize the thoughts bad or negative, or however you want to label it, now what? Well, it's funny because the name of my book kind of comes from this because it's on second thought, maybe I can, because anytime anything was presented to me or or my own thought like, oh, maybe I can do that, my first reaction is always, I can't do that. You know, there's a reason. I can't, I can't, I can't. But if we each then just recognize that, take a beat, take a pause and say, on second thought, you know, 
why can't I? You know, here's proof. I've done this. I've done this. You know, other people, I always, a, a thing that always like helps me personally is like, it's almost like when I had, um, when I was nervous about giving birth the first time I was pregnant, I kept telling myself a million other people have done it. So why can't I do it? You know, it's kind of, kind of that thing. I think, I think actually the awareness is the hardest part. Becoming aware of like our thoughts is the hardest part, but catching it and learning to reframe the thought is really what we need to do. Yeah, that's powerful. That's actually what I teach my clients is that you need to find, your brain has to find evidence of how you can. And that's part of like rewiring the subconscious, right? So you can even find evidence in that you've seen someone else do it. Like, have you heard the, about the story where, like, no human could break the four-minute mile? Yes. And then someone does, and now everybody's running four minutes. Yeah, under, under four. And it's like we we needed collective evidence that it yep. was possible. And that's really what the brain needs because you'll get stuck on something sometimes, and you have to find evidence for your brain of where you did succeed. So if you're worried about failing something, right, you're like, even if it's something totally unrelated, I feel like finding evidence for your brain of where you did something successful is like what you got to latch on to. <laughs> Would you? Totally. Oh, I totally agree. You know how people say, um, forget who it was, like calls it a badass list, but I say it's a maybe I can list. Like, you make a list of all the things and I did do it back, you know, whenever I first heard it. And it's like, I don't really have anything that I did that was so, you know, overcoming anything. And then it's like, oh, well, wait a second. What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And and just the act of doing that, I think, is really powerful because, you know, you remind yourself, yeah, yeah, look what I did overcome or look what I did do that yes. was difficult. And that gives you, you know, the courage to move forward. Yeah. And like, wow, there's so many things in your story that can are evidence that you can do hard things. Yeah. I'm like, look at you go. <laughs> like, you can do hard things. Uh-huh. I can. I can. It, yeah. Well, sometimes now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have like too many, too many things going on. I just um, I'm just yesterday I started writing book number two. So the writing is hard. Yeah. Did it's you, hard. like, is there anything in you that, that did like writing when you were younger? Like, were you? Nope. nope. Zero. Nothing. I am a math person. I'm, I'm, a CP, I'm a CPA by trade. I don't do it anymore. Now I'm an insurance agent, but I practiced accounting for 10 years. Um, Zero. Nothing. I'd be that person, like, in college, if I had to take an elective that wasn't business, it was like, do you have to write a paper in this class? Because if so, I'm not taking it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You're like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. So, okay, obviously the course you took then really helped you. It did. But what do you, what's like your routine to write? What do you do? So... I actually wrote my memoir while my husband was dying. And 
And it kind of happened because, you know, again, I was kind of listening to the signs. And then this, uh, the woman I heard on the podcast, her course was starting. And I remember I said to um, my therapist at the time, like, I must be out of my freaking mind for even thinking about doing this at such a time. So in June of, of last year, um, my husband was diagnosed with the terminal blood cancer. And we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, it was, everything was evolving. And she said, I actually think this is the perfect time for you to do this because you need something separate for yourself outside of what's going on to focus on. And I was worried about being the perfect student. And what if I couldn't show up because of Gary? And what if I, you know, didn't do the homework and whatever? And I had to get over that. And what wound up happening was, I really committed to writing regularly. So I would, and actually I just did it right before you, they would have like co-writing times where you would go on Zoom at a specified time, just say hello, someone had set a timer, you know, turn your camera off and write. And it was that accountability piece. So I did as many of them as I could. And that's what I plan on doing now as well. And when they weren't offered or I couldn't fit it into my schedule, I would find, you know, another time. So I'm going to write today at 6 a.m. I'm going to write at 12, you know, and I would tell my husband, I'm going upstairs um, for an hour. Don't bother me, you know, unless it's an emergency. And that's what I would do. So I really stuck to those, you know, small amounts of writing time on a regular basis. I was dedicated because you have to be. Otherwise, regular life is going on around you. And and like I said, sometimes you sit there and you don't know what the hell you're going to say when you're writing. And it's like, oh, gosh. And other times, you know, it comes easily. So sometimes, it can, you know, it can be frustrating. Yeah. Wow. I think you can use that and apply it to any task. Absolutely. A thousand percent. And I realized, you know, I was, as I'm trying now to get back into it, I'm out of practice. You know, it's like anything. You get into a routine and that's your new normal. And and when you lose that, you know, I think you get back into it quicker when you re-engage if it's something that you've already done and been successful with. But, uh, you know, it's a process and I'm out of like the writing habit. It's something, I don't know, just about, I think when you do it regularly, it flows a little easier. Mm, kind of like exercise. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly right. Totally. You just got to you got to do it. So, yep. I think having a mantra helps. Like, is there anything you tell yourself when you're not wanting to? Not really. The only thing that I um, have this little story about how growing up, like in yearbooks and stuff, when I, even like sixth grade, eighth grade, they'd be like, okay, here's your picture. And what is your favorite quote? And I'd be like, favorite quote? I don't have a favorite quote, like 13 years old. I have a favorite quote that I live by. It kind of pissed me off. Like, how do all these young kids not have a quote? What's wrong with me? 
And so a few years ago, when I was kind of going through this process, all of a sudden this like phrase popped in my head and I was like, damn, that is good. I wonder if I just made that up. Let me Google. And of course, I didn't make it up. It's a quote from Glinda the Good Witch in The Wizard of Oz when she says, you've always had the power, my dear. You just had to learn it for yourself. And I had only, you know, how many times have I heard it? And I only really thought about it on like face value, like Dorothy, just click your heels and say, you want to go home? You could have done that at any time. But then that one day when I read it, it was like, that was kind of my aha. You know, that that was, I think, a quote that really just summarized the aha, like, it's in here. You just had to know it. You had to learn it, that you had it the whole time, but you weren't realizing that. And now that you have, it's your responsibility to make it happen. So I think maybe, I don't have a mantra, but I think that that's probably what pops into my head, that phrase a lot or that quote. I love that. And there's so much truth to that because I think everybody has, everybody that's on the other side of something huge kind of has that truth in their story where I can recognize when I shifted out of the, a victim mindset, yep, stopped looking for someone else to save me from my situation, that's when everything changed. I was like, I was the savior I was waiting for. Right. Exactly. Oh, that's good. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> so where... um where do you want to send people to to connect with you? So my website, um, I have, you know, uh, I think, well, on my website, I have like three or four different downloads, free downloads, different stuff there. And um, right now, depending on, you know, when it was right now, I have a waiting list for my coaching program. But it's going to open by the end of November to join. That's exciting. What a great way to kick off the new year. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to start, you know, the first of January 8th. I love it. Awesome. So what is your website? It is Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E, middle initial R. That's the important part. And then Weiss, dot com. So com. And tell me about your podcast. So it's the Maybe I Can podcast. I just, I launched it May 1st. Okay. And um, it is, you know, I'm doing a combination of its weekly individual episodes and guests and, you know, with the idea of providing tools people can use to make the transformation and then the guests who have their own stories of transformation. Well, I've loved every minute of getting to talk with you. I hope you have a great day. You too. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling blessed by the content here, the number one way you can show me is by leaving me a written review of the show. I'd be forever grateful. Knowing that you're out there listening helps me know that I'm truly living out God's purpose in my life. The other thing you can do is take a screenshot of this episode share it with a friend or better yet tag me on your instagram stories remember you are seen known and loved 
May God richly bless you today. All my love, Erin Jean. <laughs>